Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, the triumphant return of Best on the Board here Monday, May 16th. We are brought to you by BetMGM. Michael Beller, we are back from vacation. We are ready to talk Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the NBA. Everything all set in the East. Pretty well expected. Boston Celtics and Miami Heat in the West. We've got a little bit of a surprise with the Dallas Mavericks taking out the Phoenix Suns in Game 7 in just grand fashion. A blowout victory for the Suns in Phoenix in Game 7. They move on to the Western Conference Finals to take on the Golden State Warriors. With me on this episode, Brandon Funston and Dan Santa Ramita. And what we're going to talk about is those series prices. Before either of these series get going, we're going to take a look at both of those series. We'll look at some finals MVP odds, some overall championship odds, and then we'll dig into game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat, which takes place on Tuesday night. Brandon Funston, what's going on, man? Uh, happy to uh, happy to see your face here. Obviously, the viewers or the listeners can't see your face, but I can see it. Happy to see it after uh, not talking to you for 10 days. What's going on, man? Yeah, no, excited for the final four of the NBA. I'm kind of into both series, so um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be very interesting, but I'm here for it for sure. I am absolutely here for it, for sure. Like, three of the four teams, I think a lot of us expected them to be three of the four, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Warriors, and then Luka and the Mavs. I mean, a great story, Dan. Very fun to see them punch their way through to their first Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and while the show took a break, uh, I did not take too much of a break from betting, although they got a little unpredictable in the second round and, and took some time off. But that over, you know, we talk about bad beats. Everyone always has to complain about a bad beat. I'm going to talk about the yeah. opposite. I had the over in that Suns-Mavs game. It's, it's, what, 57, 27 and a half? It was like <laughs> 205, I want to say. They scored 71 garbage fourth quarter points to hit the over by like eight points. It was glorious. <laughs> uh, it's like a, It's like an all-star game first quarter. Right yeah. there. <laughs> no one playing defense. Everyone just trying to get off the floor. That is that is beautiful. Gotta love gotta love a lucky win. I think we deserve a lucky win every now and again. So uh, happy to have that launch us back into the uh the comeback episode, if you will, of best on the board. So like I said, we're gonna take a look at all these. We're gonna take a look at both series. We'll talk NBA champ, we'll talk finals MVP, we'll talk game one in the East. Let's start out with that Eastern series price here in the Heat. Maybe the one seed, but they are not the favorite in this series. Celtics are minus 165 on the series price. The Heat sitting at plus 135. So, Dan, I know you've got something here. I don't think this is a – neither side is a play for me. If I were going to play it, I would probably play Boston, but minus 165 does not a price I'm interested in laying at all. What are you looking at with this series? I like Miami as a bit of a value. For one, they have home court, which mm-hmm. is a good starting point. I also think it's a very different team than what Milwaukee gives you, which for better and for worse, right? Giannis is not on the other team anymore. But I, I think the thing with Milwaukee was, especially with Middleton out, their offense was a little too dependent on one player, which Miami's might actually also be. So that's a similar um, risk. But I think defensively, we saw what Boston was able to capitalize on against Milwaukee. Grayson Allen became a bit of a liability. Mm-hmm. And I just think Miami is a significant upgrade as far as what they give defensively. And I think that creates a very different matchup. Yeah, Jason Tatum had a couple of stretches in, in Game 6 in particular where he just was on fire, fadeaway contested threes, everything swishing. You know, he may win you two or three games by himself, but I think Miami's defense is good enough to keep them in check a little bit more, and therefore I'm getting plus odds with the home court. I think I like that a lot. 
Yeah, this is an interesting Final Four because I was looking. I'm pretty sure these are the the four best defensive teams in terms of points allowed in the regular season, which you know it's pretty crazy. But I'm kind of with you, Beller, in that I'm not ready to really uh, lay down on this series. I'm going to take it one game at a time and see yeah. how these how these guys line up. I, I'm just going to lean on Miami in game one. They haven't lost a home game. Their average margin of victory at home, 17 points. Um, so I think they're going to get out and get the first one. That's probably the way I would take it. It's just one game at a time and, and kind of adjust as we go from there. Um, so I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be a great series too. And I, yeah, I, Boston was my final, my championship pick coming into the playoffs. And so that like you know, nothing that has happened uh, in the, the first round sweep of Brooklyn or the second round seven game battle with Milwaukee has swayed me away from them looking or feeling as though they are the best team uh, of these four remaining. But 165 is just, it's too big a price. That's, that's, it's a fair price, but I just, I just don't have any interest. I'm not interested in putting down plus or minus 165 uh, for this full series uh, when there's so many more options that we have available to us. Uh, it's going to be super interesting how these teams attack one another. Uh, like we said, I mean, we're going to talk about in the West too. Funston, you just said, I mean, these are really, really strong defensive teams. You have a lot of strong individual defensive players. They are great team defense teams. You don't, see the sorts of results that we've seen from these four teams, both during the regular season and in the playoffs, without being great team defense uh, teams. And we've seen that uh, from all these teams. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch how they attack one another offensively. I trust that these teams are going to show up defensively. There's going to be some great spells. There's going to be some great uh, individual performances offensively. But it's going to be really interesting to see how each team draws things up and tries to get that consistent offense uh, out of their stars and out of their teams. Uh, that's really, I think, where these games are going to swing. These teams are going to play D, which is going to be the team that can show up and put up a 110. You know, Who can do that with some sort of consistency? I think that's going to ultimately be uh, the team that wins this Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, not super interested in betting on either side here. I do think like I do think there's some value on the Heat just being at plus 135. It's a, it feels like a little bit of a uh, almost disrespectful line given how good they were all regular season. They are the one seed. They do have home court. But as we saw over in the uh, Mavs and Sun series, there is a whole lot of power in having the best player in the series and it's hard to say that's anyone other than Jason Tatum right now. Yeah, I, what what kind of is is gnawing at me in the back of my mind is Kyle Lowry. Like, mm -hmm. I just if he was healthy, I'd feel better about them having a prove a proven kind of veteran point guard yeah. going up against this Boston team. I don't think it's been as big a deal in the in the Philadelphia series as it'll be in this series. Having yeah. a good defensive guy and a guy that you know Marcus Smart and, and guys like that, they're good good defensively. Not having a really good point guard could could be an issue for Miami in this series. Yeah, I think so. I think it definitely could. And obviously Kyle Lowry would be a game changer uh, if he were healthy, but uh, looking like it's not going to be the case for the Heat. So it uh, should be a really fun Eastern Conference Finals. I think we're going to get a fun Western Conference Finals too. Obviously, with the Mavs getting in over the Suns, the odds are a little bit more uh, spread out than what we see in the East. You've got the Warriors sitting at minus 250 to win this one, and the Mavs at plus 200. I think there's maybe a value uh, argument to be made for Dallas, but again, like Dallas in, in both series so far, right? We've uh, we've talked about this. I think leading into both of their series, where you know they've got the best player in the series, and then the next team. Certainly, we said this about the Suns had like players two through seven in the series. <laughs> Luca was enough to do it for them in that series against the Suns. 
I'm not so sure that's going to be the case against the Warriors. I mean, they might not even have the best player, at least in terms of if you're building a team, you're taking Luka over Steph. If you're talking about this series individually, Steph might still be the best player on the floor. And so I think that any argument for the Mavs has to reconcile with the fact that uh, that for sure best player argument that the Mavs have had doesn't necessarily hold water in this matchup. I'm going to I'm going to jump in and say that because of all the value that is is you know it, kind of embedded in Dallas right now I'm in for it. They do have the be- I I think they do have the best player. These are two good defensive teams with mm-hmm. the guy who's the most unguardable in my mind being Luka. Mm-hmm. It this Dallas team sort of reminds me of a better defensive uh Milwaukee Bucks from last year where they just rode the best player through the playoffs and and I think Luka is up for it. But here we are Two series in, and Dallas has has looked really good. They yeah. they you know they finished off Phoenix decisively. They took care of Utah when we were all saying, "How are they going to do this without Luca?" And they held they held court until Luca got back, and then they won that series against what we thought was a good Utah team. So, I think the the value at plus two hundred on, on Dallas is interesting to me. It's, you know why not? I can see it happening, and also Luca as a Finals MVP in a why not? I can see it happen. So, uh, which which was plus seven hundred? Yes, indeed. That gets me a little bit excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on on Dallas being the value. I think Golden State wins. And look, you, like you mentioned, Beller, Phoenix has player had players like two through seven or whatever, and none of those guys played well in the last at least game or two, <laughs> if if, yeah. if not the last five games, really. So I think that's unrealistic to think Golden State will will fall apart like that given their history and pedigree, which, as we've joked about on the show, like, what, two, three weeks ago with Chris Paul, it goes great until it doesn't. And uh, this was the it doesn't, right? Yes. And I love the Luke MVP play, too, because, like, there's no world. Because I think um, Luke is plus 700 and the Mavs are plus 650. There is no world in which the Mavs win the title and Luke does not get finals MVP. You might as well take the 700. Uh (laughs) No Maxi Kleber? No Jalen Brunson. <laughs> no, not trying to get in. Not trying to get in. No Dorian Finney-Smith. No, it's not at, at all. as uh, as uh, MVP. If the Mavs end up uh, pulling off what would be a couple of upsets, regardless of who they would play coming out of these, yeah, no. Uh, if you're going to bet the Mavs at plus six fifty, I think you're just going to be better off betting Luke at plus seven hundred. And that's a nice transition into those two discussions. So uh, I'll just rattle off all these: the NBA championship odds. We've got the Warriors at plus one twenty, the Celtics at plus two twenty. The Heat, they're plus 425. The Mavs are plus 650. Finals MVP, I'll just give you the four favorites. Uh, Unsurprisingly, it's the, quote, best player from each team. Steph Curry, plus 200. Jason Tatum, plus 275. Jimmy Butler, plus 600. And Luka at plus 700. So, I mean, Funston, you you called it out. Is Among either championship or finals MVP, is Luka at 7-1 to to be the MVP your favorite play here? It is. If I was, my issue is I could see, I could conceive of Dallas winning this series against Golden State and going to the finals, but I, I almost feel like a Miami or Boston series would be tougher for Dallas than getting through Golden State. And if it's Miami, Jimmy Butler's kind of like Luka. Like, there's just almost no way to imagine if Miami wins that there's another player besides Jimmy Butler that wins the MVP. I feel like with Boston, it could be Jalen Brown. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's, there's, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit more of a leap to think that Al Horford could, you know, have like yes, that's a, leap. <laughs> a, a full series like what he did. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anybody else, but Jalen Brown could conceivably win it. Yep. Um, and I guess 
you know, I could probably talk myself into somebody like Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. you know, winning it over Steph. So, um, so for that reason, it's either Jimmy Butler or Luca for me. Man, I mean, I, I think like so. I'm not, I'm not going to bet Tyler Hero at sixty six to one to win the MVP, <laughs> but like. Tyler Hero can score it. We know he can score it. He's the best shooter on that team. I mean, if he just has, if he has like three great scoring games and they win the finals, he could like he's interesting to me. Bam Adebayo thirty to one. Like I think those are guys who could take it away from Jimmy if the Heat win the finals. I'm with you on Bam. Tyler Hero, man, that there's long shots and there's long shots of Tyler <laughs> Hero. I don't know about that one. He can, yeah. I mean, scoring. He can score. He can score. That's. I mean, that's gonna. Andre Iguodala has a Finals MVP. Damn. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, come out of nowhere and do it. You know. Uh, I think, but yeah. I mean, if you want to look at just the, you know, it's the kind of throwaway numbers, but look at what he did against them in the regular season. It was like thirteen, twelve, and like five or something. He had three not great scoring games against Boston earlier in the year. So, yeah. I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but. Somewhat meaningful. The, my favorite play here out of any of these is Jalen Brown. You mentioned it, Funston, uh, twenty to one to be the Finals MVP. I, I mean, I love love Jason Tatum, but I do think that he has uh, out of if we're again we're we're looking at the the best player on each team. So Steph, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Luca. I think that Jason Tatum has the best second banana to deal with in Jalen Brown, and so that I find that very like there is a there is a very travelable path for Jalen Brown to be the finals MVP. Like it doesn't take anything crazy the way it would like trying to make a Tyler hero argument. He has to have a bunch of great scoring games. Talking about a bam out of biome, our argument he needs to, uh, he, I think he would need a somewhat dialed back scoring series out of Jimmy Butler to win uh, Jordan Poole, He would have to somehow outshine Steph Curry, which is going to just be just be, by the nature of their games, sort of getting their points in similar-ish ways, it's going to be hard for him to do that. Could he do it? Of course, but it's sort of hard for him to do that. Jalen Brown can coexist alongside Jason Tatum in a way where he ends up being the better player over a seven-game series, the more impactful player over a seven-game series, even with Jason Tatum having a great series. It's just the paths to him doing it, I think, are more realistic than any of the other next-in lines on any team, and so that's why I find him to be the most interesting player here. So I I actually think I disagree with you a little bit on on Brown because I think Tatum's emergence, particularly in the Milwaukee series, mm-hmm. I don't see a world in which he doesn't get the last two minute, three minute possessions consistently. Sure. That's fair, and that's a tough way to like. So Brown could get the numbers. I can. I'm with you on that. I don't know if he'd get the moments, and which is like kind of mm-hmm. a voter bias thing that might come in. Uh, and, yeah. and Jordan Poole, we've seen with the Warriors, they are a more unselfish team certainly with the ball movement and all that when they get rolling. And we've seen Poole, and it was the first round only, but he had, what, four or five really fantastic games in the playoffs. And, you know, they will feed him when he gets going. And I guess Boston did that a little bit with, uh, what was it, Grant Williams in Game 7? So, like, Boston <laughs> does have a reputation for, for spreading it around a little bit too. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't know if, if he could get those moments late in games where I think Golden State, because they have a few options – and Curry isn't as much of a one-on-one guy as, as say, Tatum or Jimmy Butler, uh-huh. that there's a chance Poole might have a couple big shots. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, they're all long shots anyway. But So, Grant just, Williams. Just go, just go Luka. That's, just, that's the, uh, that's the oh, cheap I'm gonna, I have there. to pick one? I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> Luka probably makes the most sense, yeah. Does he make the most sense, though? I mean, he can't win the finals MVP if he's not in the finals, you guys. Well, it's let's plus, talk about Golden State. Yeah. Where are you guys at? I mean, they've. <laughs> 
I mean, they've had a 4-1 gentleman's sweep over Denver, and they had a all-over-the-place uh, series against Memphis where uh, they kind of – I thought at points they looked old and tired, and I thought at points they looked way too complacent and just like, you know, they're playing – are they playing the long game or are they are they over-experienced to the point where they're being overly complacent and, you know – waiting too long to plug back in emotionally it 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 was a weird series for with memphis i just reading their body language and reading kind of like the you know that one game where they couldn't make three pointers i think was like one of the first games i just was like man this team i wonder if they're paying for the fact that draymond and curry and clay missed huge chunks of the season Mm -hmm. and here we are as we get further and further into the playoffs is this going to be a thing where they're just going to get wore down? So I, I have a lot of question marks about the psychology of Golden State right now. I also feel like that Memphis series was a weird matchup because it's a young, hungry, athletic team, which as as you talk about the key players getting older and the miles wearing on them, now Golden State has some young and athletic players breaking in. Pools one of them, a couple other the the younger guys contributing as role players. But I think Dallas is a better matchup for them on the offensive end to score against. I don't know if they can defend Luca though. Like, and some people who know basketball much better than me say, swear this is a great ma- uh, matchup for Dallas, which kind of makes me nervous. I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the game one PRA is 51 and a half for Luca. I mean, which they have him at 33 and a half. Like they Vegas is, is expecting a, a massive game from Luca. I, I, I actually might push back on that a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I mean, at least the way the line set, they expect Luca to have his way. It would have been fascinating to see that uh, Golden State Memphis series get played out with John Morant healthy, obviously, right? I mean, mm. they they they're down. They they lose two of the three with Morant. They lose two of the three without Morant. But uh, you know, Game Six wasn't exactly like a dominant performance by Golden State. Obviously, Game Four a very close game, and then the just domination in Game Five, right? So actually, the three games they played. Without John Morant, Memphis was plus 22. Uh, and now, you know, a 39-point game is going to do that. And it's not like we're saying, oh, you know, this is not a point differential stretched out over in the 82-game regular season. Uh, but still, I, I don't think any of us watched those three games and thought that, you know, Golden State was just obviously the better team. And that was without John Morant. So it'd be, it would have been great to have seen Golden State have to get pushed in that way. And maybe that was something else that was at play, Funston. Like, you know, the, the Warriors aren't going to come out and admit it, but you know, how how confident must they have been without Ja on the other side? Like, I think they could have looked better, but it would have taken quite the confluence of events for them to have dropped, you know, three games to a Morantless Grizzlies team. And so maybe there was some complacency there. Had to be. I mean, just, it just it seems like it was palpable <laughs> complacency when you watched it mm-hmm. at certain points. I mean, they just, yeah. So who knows? Maybe they just waiting, waiting, you know, for the Western conference finals to really just kind of like just dial it up. But I feel like there's another level that's a, that they're capable of that we haven't really seen them. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like multiple games in a row because we've seen them, you know, at games at a time look very good, but I haven't seen them just string together a bunch of really good looking games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really haven't. We really truly haven't really seen that in these playoffs. Do either of you guys want to make an argument for a championship pick? Warriors 120, Celtics 220, Heat 425, Mavs 650. I know, right? We're saying if, you, if you're going to bet the Mavs, you might as well bet Luca at the seven to one to win the champion, to win the MVP. Like, 
I think like, I think the Celtics are winning the finals, but 220, like there, there's really no bet here that I like. Yeah, I, I think what I like the most is betting on one seven game series. It feels like there's a six and a seven game in here, and I don't I'm not sure which is which, but I think pretty good odds. I forgot what it was to just go with one seven game series between the two. Yeah, uh, I can't remember which is which, and I can't. I'm clicking around here, and I can't find. But one of them's in the high 100s, and one of them's in the low 200s to go to seven. Yeah, and so but, uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, but you can bet it as a combo, mm-hmm. like where it's like do two two series go seven, right? Right. One series go seven. I like the one one going seven, which was some nice plus odds. But I, I I'm drawing a blank. I should write stuff down sometimes. <laughs> there it is. The yeah the <laughs> so the the um, the Eastern Conference is at plus two ten to go to seven games, and then the Western is at plus one seventy five. And so that's something that yeah, I could see either of those being a pretty interesting play, certainly. And uh, I would expect that we see at least one long, if not two long series here in the conference finals. All right, guys, enough talk about what's going to happen or what's going to have been settled in 10 days, 14 days, whatever the case might be. Let's get to game one. Eastern Conference Finals takes place on Tuesday night. We've got the Heat sitting at minus one and a half with a 203 and a half total. One of the lowest totals we've seen in the entire playoffs. Talking about what we've been talking about here. How this Eastern Conference series really could be dominated by the respective defenses. Dan, why don't you take this one away first? What do you like in this game one in the Eastern Conference Finals? I like Miami at home. It's only a point and a half. Uh, I, I Again, I, I kind of laid out my my argument for their series odds, and I think it's basically the same for Game One. I think Game One tends to be a good bellwether for a series, unless you know Phoenix decides to blow two a lead, and that's you know their thing. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I feel like this is the most like you know baseline. Here's our first plan against your first plan before the matchups get you know the back and forth chess game of a seven game series get involved. And I like Miami on that level. You know, we'll see what the coaching matchups change over the course of the series. The total's kind of in that in-between because these are two defensive teams. I kind of want to see it before I mess with the total. But I think Miami, with a little bit extra rest on top of that, um, at home, only a point and a half, I'm happy to take that. Uh, I agree. I brought it up earlier. It's like, you know, Miami hasn't lost at home. They have a 17-point margin at home. So, uh it, you know, this is close to just a pick em, yeah, if you're taking Miami. Um, so, yeah, give me Miami to cover the one and a half. I'm probably in on uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, an over-rebound prop. It's like eight and a half. It's juiced up to minus 140 right now. Might combine that. I'm kind of looking around to see how I could combine that maybe with, like, uh, you know, rebounds plus assists at 11 and a half mm-hmm. kind of interested in that that's minus 135 might want to shop that one around maybe you can find uh, decent odds for a for a payoff on that i'm gonna go opposite you guys here i'll take the celtics uh getting the one and a half um I, i'm pretty much gonna take the team i think is gonna win the series i'm gonna be comfortable to betting them in game one uh when the spread is right around this this number right it basically a pick em spread something very close to a pick em spread I just think I, I think Boston's a better team. I think Boston is the better. I think they've got they've got 
the scoring options, I think, that can counteract what Miami's going to do defensively more so than what Miami can do. And it really does come, it just comes down to Tatum and Jalen Brown, but especially Tatum. I mean, a special player, a special scorer, a guy who's showing off, uh, you know, why he maybe should have been an even higher pick in the draft than he was back in his draft year when he was taken third overall. He's just such a smooth offensive operator on ball, off ball can shoot it, can get to the rack, and I just think that that is really going to ultimately be what carries Boston through in this series. I just I trust his offense more than any other player by a wide margin in this series. And when you have these two great defenses like we know we have in this, like it's going to come down to that. The defenses are going to show up. I don't want to belabor the point. I talked about this earlier. The defenses on both sides of this series are going to show up, show out, and play very well for however long this series goes. And so I do I just think it's going to come down to which team can get that more consistent offense. You don't need to be averaging 125 uh, to win this series. If you can get up into the low, the you know, 110s, score 110 a game, score 108 to 112 a game, like I think you're going to be looking pretty good with the way we expect the series to go. There's a reason why the total in game one is installed at 203 and a half. It's because we think this is going to be a defensive. I mean, 203 and a half is ridiculous. You don't see that in 2022 in the NBA. Right, I mean, it just it just doesn't happen. We're talking about both team team being in the nineties. You just don't see that level of total in the NBA. We the defenses are going to be there. I just think Tatum's offense with what Jalen Brown can add in is going to be uh, the difference maker in this series. So game one, understand why the Heat are favored. Think the Heat deserve to be favored at home. They've been a great team all year, uh, but I'm going to take uh, the team I expect to win. Only with a one and a half point spread, whether they were favored, dogs, whatever it might be, were this close to a zero, were this close to a pick 'em. I feel very comfortable backing the team I think is going to win the series with a line like that. So I have a, a question for you guys. We're talking about Miami as a one and a half point favorite. The lines typically don't change within series too much. You know, obviously home court mm-hmm. flips it, but maybe you see a point either way. We saw it with Boston, Milwaukee a lot, that Boston yep. was a four and a half, five and a half point favorite pretty much every home game. So what do you think Boston's going to be favored by at home? We're talking like three, three and a half, somewhere around there maybe. Does that sound about right to you guys, ballpark? Yeah. I, I mean, half maybe. I, I guess. I guess. But like, don't we think it's going to – you're right about like we don't see spreads change a ton in series. But like we're getting, we're going to have two games in Miami under our belt before we sure. get to right. a game in Boston. And so, okay, if if it was in Boston, if this game today. were in Boston, yes, that's the yes, that's the way to think. About it. I was I was getting there. I was getting there. That's the way to think about it for sure. Yeah, I would think I would think yeah, like Boston, Boston minus like three and a half sounds about right. Okay, I mean, so Boston's here's minus one sixty five yeah. on the series line. Right. right? Well, that's yeah. what I'm I'm kind of comparing right now. And granted, I think that might have moved as we record a little bit, but um, I, I feel like it's interesting that Miami has home court. Now one and a half, or, or they're minus one twenty-five in the money line. What's you know fifty-five percent or something off top of my head at most. So maybe you know if we go seven games, they're basically saying they flip the two in Miami or flip you know four in Miami, and maybe Boston wins two or three at home. I think it's like interesting seeing the game odds versus the series odds. And I, maybe I'm wrong on this. People know the math and, and numbers a little better than me, but I feel like that that's where I'm seeing the value in the Heat. Whereas, like, you see these money line odds and you see they have home court. I think this should be a little close. I understand Boston as a favorite, but I'm just, I'm not quite seeing a correlation like I think I should there. I don't know. I think, Maybe that, I'm I mean, I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. I think, yeah. I mean, I, 
I think from the big get go, Miami's being disrespected as a you know as mm-hmm. the third best odds in the East going in when we were, when they were their number one seed. I kind of yeah. made this point a while ago. And Milwaukee I'm, and Boston were better odds going in. I want to say, or was it? No, yeah, Philly, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, they were barely you know, they were, they were barely ahead of Brooklyn. Yeah, and Milwaukee was about to send Boston away. I mean, people had wrote you know Boston off after Milwaukee won, you know, won the uh, game five and. um you know, and Boston made a comeback, but that I mean, we could be easily talking about Milwaukee going up against Miami right now. Yes, where we would we could. be at? And, but now we've just suddenly we're back on Boston as mm-hmm. like they're the easy favorite. To me, I don't, I don't think so. I think this one's going to come down to the wire, and, and I think Miami is a great call as the underdog here. Um, Miami before the Embiid injury news came out, um, before that second round series, Miami was only minus one sixty. I remember that for sure. I remember that number sticking out to me. Uh, Mostly because I bet it, <laughs> but <laughs> but my, so Miami is only minus one sixty. So the, you know the the odds makers are saying that Boston against Miami is a bigger favorite than Miami against Philly, and that just goes to your point, Funston, about Miami being this, you know, not not totally disrespected, but maybe underappreciated one seed in the East. Yeah, is the best yeah, way to it, look at that. It's a big difference between how Miami was treated and how Phoenix was treated. You yes, know, yes, going in. Yes, an enormous difference in something that we saw borne out in the second round with uh, Phoenix getting sent home by Dallas and Miami advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. It is going to be a hell of a Final Four leading us into the NBA Championship, regardless of which matchup we get in that one. And we will be with you the rest of the way here on Best on the Board. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. For Brandon Funston, Dan Santaramita, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.